Praise the Lord, everyone. Ah, uh, God's good, the devil's bad, and we are in the middle, going towards Jesus. Amen? So it's good to have you on this Wednesday night. I'm excited. I have had a great day in Jesus, and we are going to have a great Bible study tonight. I'm going to continue in the last part of what we talked about last week. What we talked about last week, you may remember? Blah, as good as gold, the golden rule talked about do unto what? Others as you have them do what? Do unto you. It's the cardinal rule. It's the golden rule. It's the one that your grandmother talked about. It's the one your mom said. You better treat your brother like you want them to be treated. You better treat your sister like you want to be treated. And uh, we've all experienced those words from somebody in our life. A teacher, a grandparent, a parent, uncle, aunt, somebody has said those. And it's true. Last week we, we talked about six things, how to treat others. And we talked about it from the story in Matthew. From Jesus' words talking about how we should treat others. Can you speak kind? Everybody say, speak kindly. And respect others. Amen. Be faithful. Someone say, be faithful. And be honest. Be very honest. Be honest in your dealings. Be honest in your words. And all things, of course, being done in kindness and in love. Right? You can be honest with somebody without being mean and angry. And we talked about that. We talked about being forgiving. Amen. You can't get forgiveness unless you are what? Forgiving. You've got to forgive others and you will get forgiveness for yourself. So it's a big deal. And then finally, we talked about don't be critical. Don't be a cynic. Don't be the person that sits on the sideline and talks about what everybody's doing wrong when you're doing nothing. Um, someone uh, wrote on the board, in the whiteboard in our prayer room, they wrote, uh, pray for revival. And I wrote a bunch of stuff around it. <laughs> I said, don't just pray for revival. Go have revival, right? Teach a Bible study. Go invite somebody to the kingdom. Stop praying. Start doing. Pray as you do. <laughs> uh, I think we have a lot of people praying about revival, and we're not we're not producing. And that's what God's talking to all of us about. We got to treat others. We got to go do it. We can't just talk about it. We can't it be someone. Oh well, I like that neighbor, and I don't like that neighbor. You know, the Bible commands us to love your neighbor as what yourself. The question is, do you love yourself? Uh, that's the real issue, because it's when we don't love ourselves in Christ that we can't love others properly. So start loving yourself. Amen? So tonight we're going to kind of keep going on this thought process of the golden rule. So speak kindly, respect others, be faithful, be honest, be forgiving, and don't be critical. Don't be a judge in other people's life. We use the example of the Jesus talking about uh, someone has a telephone pole in, in their eye and their friend has a speck, a little tiny itty bitty speck in theirs. And their friend, instead of trying to deal with their own telephone pole in their eye, they're trying to point out that their friend has a speck, right? And it's so obvious to everybody that they have this telephone pole sticking out of their eye. Um, and that it's so huge and it hits everybody. And every time they move around, it's just destruction everywhere, right? Don't judge others. Just deal with your own stuff and let God work it. Everybody shout, love everybody. And let God sort it out. And let God sort it all out. Yes, there's going to be people that speak bad. Don't do wrong. You know, elections don't go some people's ways, right? And, and they get upset about that. Don't let that deter you from doing what God's called you to be. Stop letting the earthly things dictate your mood, your life, your destination. You are a child of God. So, I wanted to, so Jesus in Matthew 7, 
Uh, we ended last week about do not judge, you will, or, or you are going to be judged. He talked about that. He talked about why do you look at the speck? We just talked about that. In verse 4, he continues, take the speck out of your eye, and, uh, and behold, the log is in your eye. You hypocrite. He talks about being a hypocrite. This is one of the places we talk. Being a hypocrite is knowing that you have something and still acting like you don't. Being a struggler is knowing you have something, admitting it, try to get help and move forward. So I always tell people, I'm not a, I'm not a hypocrite, right? Some people say, I can't serve God because I know I'm going to sin again tomorrow. Well, that's not very wise because the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, our unrighteousness, right? The issue is when we act like we're not sinners, that's when God says, okay, you got to get your act together. you got to do something because you're a hypocrite. You're acting like everything's fine when it's not, right? So just admit it. Be honest. Be open. We talked about that honesty, that, hey, you know what? I, yeah, I struggle. So do you. So do you. So do you. So do you. We all struggle. That's why we have grace. That's why we have the blood of Christ. That's why we live overcoming lies through the name of Jesus. Someone shout amen. How many are glad for the name of Jesus? Amen? I'm so thankful for that name and the blood that was shed for me on Calvary. So he goes on, right? Keeps going. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find it. Knock and it will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. So he's given us another lesson about, look, if you need help with that telephone pole in your eye, that log in your eye. He literally says log in your eye. You can get, you've got to ask for help and you will receive it. That's what he's talking about in these verses. You, you know, or is there a man among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? If you ask God to help you with your issues, you think he's going to come down and say, no way? No, no, you got, no, no. That's why he loved us. That's why he came for us. So Jesus is trying to explain it. In 10, you fish, or are you going to give him a snake? Right? And then he says, if you give your children being evil, how much more will your heavenly father give to you. I want you to say, my Heavenly Father, come on, someone type this in for me. My Heavenly Father loves me more than I'll ever understand. You gotta, you have got to bank on that. That is something that is a baseline in your life as a Christian. I don't understand the love of the Father for me. I don't understand it. But I do receive it. I don't have to understand something that I don't, uh, uh, I don't have to not receive something because I don't understand it. Uh, how many of you understand nuclear fusion? Will you raise your hand? Right? Oh, there's nobody raising your hand? Right? Well, these lights are being ran partly by some nuclear fusion that's happening over in Monroe, Michigan. Right? You don't understand it, but you're getting the benefit of those lights, of that nuclear fusion that's going on in Monroe, Michigan. So, we have to understand that's the way it is with God. Right? He, there's things He's going to do and be in our lives we'll never understand. But we will receive the benefit. So let's keep going. So I ended with this, and I want to um, just help you um, in verse 12. After he talks about, if you go back, after he talks about how much more will your Father in heaven give you, uh, give what is good to those who ask him. Ask him. Everybody say, ask him. There's this promise involved, but so many people say, well, God knows my needs. Why doesn't he just do it? No, that's not the way he's got it set up. His word says you've got to ask before you receive. Amen. So learn how to ask. Amen. You need help? Ask. Somebody think, we're oh, I'm tough. I can do this on my own. No, ask. And God will help you. So he says, I've got good things for you. You just got to ask for them. Then he says in verse 12, this is where I want to focus. 
And this is what our theme or our text was from the very first passage here in this study about uh, the golden rule. And that is this. In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. And everybody shout, Amen. Amen. But you'll notice there's a little A behind the 12, right? There's a little A. That means I split the passage. So 12A says, In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. There's a truth here. And that is, do unto others as you have them do. The golden rule is here. But I want you to understand something further. He then says, and we talk about living by the golden rule. He says in, in 12b, or the rest of that verse, he says, For this is the law and the prophets. What is the law and the prophets? I want you to ask yourself that. We're going to do a little deep dive here. What is the law? Why would he say that? I want to read it again. You ready? In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. Now, earlier, Jesus said the law and the prophet, all hang on two things, two great things. Love your neighbor and love the Lord thy God. So we know there's already a precedent where Jesus is already speaking about, listen, the two greatest commands you'll ever know and receive was that you love God and love your neighbor, right? There's this love factor, this factor of others. I'm going to shout others. Then he, then you'll notice that he now is involving others again. People that you don't know or don't understand or don't agree with. He now is talking, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. And then he says, for this is. What is this? What is the thing he's talking about? He's talking about that little verse or passage above that, which is saying, If you don't treat others like you want to be treated, you're going to miss what God's trying to do for you. Because this is the law and the prophets. This is the law. So we're going to look at, what does he mean by this? Why why is that caveat on the end of that passage? Why did he equate that to the law and the prophets? It's important that we understand this theological application from Matthew 7 and who Jesus was talking to. He was talking to those that of the Jewish faith. They were children of Abraham. They were there. He was talking to them. They were, he was trying to help them understand some things that they had hard concepts with about their neighbors. He was trying to help them be prepared for the Gentile nation that was going to be included in the cross and all that was going to happen. They hated the Jews. They hated the Samaritans. They, they hated a lot of people, just so you know. Um, and um, they were in this place. And he equated... Remember, the people he's talking to understood the law and the prophets. They understood that all things were by the law and the prophets. And Jesus says, yes, they are. And you need to understand that you cannot fulfill the law and the prophets while treating your neighbor as yourself. Living by the golden. The golden rule is what you have to do to have the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. So many times we want partial verses, partial promises, because we don't want to deal with the thing, the meat that God is trying to serve us when it comes to concepts of love. Concepts of getting to the place where you see people as Jesus sees them, right? How many people think that Jesus just, just 
sees that woman that got caught in a dog. How many think that she, he just is like grossed out and disgusted and he's like, oh my God, he's got this weird look on his face. She can obviously see that he's judging her and looking at her and oh, just, he's just in horror. And, oh my God. Do you think that's how Jesus looked at her? No. But there are so many people in our lives that we don't like their politics. We don't like their religion. We don't like how they dress. We don't like what they represent. We don't like their skin color. We don't. We can go on the list of things that people, right, have. And Jesus is telling us not only once earlier where he says, "Love your neighbor as yourself," right? He's not, not just there. The two greatest things is God and your neighbor, right? He goes on, and then he says again here that you want to to the Jews, you want to fulfill the law of the prophets. You better treat other people like you want to be treated, right? So we look at this through the lens, like picking up a pair of telescopes or, or, or uh, uh, things. And we look and we see uh, there's something greater here than just what's on the surface. Because he adds this caveat. Jesus talks about the law and the prophets. So he's talking to these Jewish people. So the theological application to this is something that is very, very important. And... I just hope you gather this tonight. I hope that you understand that God is here trying to teach us something. Someone say amen. amen. So, 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 that was a cool amen. <laughs> oh, there we go. Woo! Finally, Sister Gonzalez, my God, I appreciate you came and are backing me up in Jesus' name. <laughs> so, we know by the word of God, or I say, I'm glad I know. Uh, type it in. I'm glad I know that Jesus came to fulfill the law. That's why this is so interesting. Because Jesus is saying, this is what, right? He said earlier, though, about all, you want to know what all, all hangs on the law and the prophet? It is these two commands, right? Love God, love your neighbor, right? So, oh, I'm going to have to kill somebody upstairs. Somebody. Somebody is messing with upstairs on Sarah's iPad. Oh, of course I'm not going to kill anybody. Those that are watching know that I'm a meek, kind, gentle pastor. And yeah, please. Thank you, Sister Aisha. Um, they may be in the back building. And I, I, I hope that they will. Uh, we're going to wait because i got good things to say. Any questions so far? Any thoughts? Questions? Yes, Sister Pat. Donahoe. The law and the prophets? No, no. no that's a great question, right? The law and the prophets. Um, they're connected scripturally, right? The law and the prophets have this connection of... Now, see, everybody's going to get to live tonight. <laughs> The connection is that where you have the law, you have the prophets. They were the deliverer, the, the speakers of uh, the, the prophets were the ones that delivered the law. So uh, it's kind of a phrase like, um, you know, Ben and Jerry ice cream. You know, you get the two. Where you get one, you get the other because it's, it's kind of the law and the prophets. It's throughout the, the scripture is used in, in that way. So, yeah, great question. Awesome question. Yeah. So, all right, let's keep going. So, fulfilling the law of the prophets, we know there's some things that have to happen. So, watch this closely. Watch this closely. 
not the law and the prophets were not fulfilled by works, right? So nothing that we could have done could have saved us from the law of the Old Testament. Not one thing that you could do would save you from this thing. Now, we can take a study, I have, and you go back and watch it when I talk to you about how that Jesus fulfilled the law. We talked about this separation of the law, the Old Testament, the New Testament, how the law is what? It's, it's our black light to look and see what sin looks like, right? It is the thing that we can use to say, oh wow, Paul says, I wouldn't have known that there was even lust if the law had not shown me that I shouldn't covet my neighbor's wife, right? So there was things that he told us and showed us through this. So what the law became to us, we don't rip it out and throw it away. No, it's a teacher. It's something that helps us understand what sin is. So when you look through that lens, you have to recognize that the, in the law, in the law, yes, thank you. In the law, there is a different, um, uh, there's a, a different view. Works were encouraged. Works were, were something that you had to do in order to get forgiveness, right? So that was different. Now, someone shout hallelujah, thank God. Woo! We don't have to do works to be saved. We are saved by His work on Calvary. We are saved by His grace, His mercy, His love, right? So, we're not, here, let's read Galatians. Nevertheless, knowing, this is Paul writing, Galatians 2, 16. Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified. This is so plain, you can't say it any other plain, well, any other, without a plainness here. Um, a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ. Everybody shout, through faith. Well, someone online, write it in there for me. Through faith, through faith, through faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the basis, it is the beginning. It's like the seed that is planted in your heart so that you can say, Jesus Christ is Lord and do all, obey all His commandments, right? Faith is the first thing that must happen. A person with no faith cannot receive the gifts that God has for them or the salvation that He's promised them. Faith is the beginning, it's the absolute, it's the must. So when we look here, it's not about your works. I gave him the offering. I'm a philanthropist. I do a lot of good things. I'm a nice person. I'm this, I'm that, the other. Those are all wonderful. We recognize them and we applaud them. But they don't save you. Salvation is a contract with Jesus Christ himself through his blood. It can't come by money. It can only come through the blood of a sinless lamb. And that was Christ. Prophesied from the old times to the new. It lands slain from the foundation of the world. All these things look through the lens of, okay, I can't be saved by myself. I've got to be saved by an outside thing. And that is the blood of Christ. So he says here, through faith in. I want to denote that because faith is something that you need to remember. Um, faith is not something that you, you conjure up or, oh, more faith. No, that's not the way it works. Faith is how you are living your life. Faith is evident by your fruit. So if I say that, well, I'm, you know, well, yeah, I believe God, but yet I'm living, my life is producing doubt. Now, we all have a little doubt in us. Someone shout amen. Uh, we find that Jesus had to help a man. You know, Lord, uh, I believe, but help my unbelief, right? God didn't say, well, we're not dealing with you. No, he helped his unbelief, right? And that's what we have to be humble about. 
So here he says, nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, so that, so I believed, so that, what? We may be justified. What does the word justified mean? What does the word justified mean? Huh? Made right. There it is. I've been made right. I've been justified by faith, not by works. This is where, where we really struggle sometimes, right? Well, well you mean I don't got to do... No, you got to be obedient. Obedience is not works. Hear me tonight. Obedience is obedience. Works is something that I devise that I think makes me holy or righteous. When I obey the word, be baptized. I'm not doing works. That is not works. That is obedience to God's word. When Jesus said, if you love me, you'll what? Keep my commands. And in the commands, he says, go baptize. You shall receive, right? So when we look through that understanding, that lens, we have to have faith to be what? Justified so that we can be saved. So it's, it's not by works of the law. Not by works of the law. You cannot keep the law and be saved. I'm going to let you sit with that for a second. You cannot keep the law. The Bible says no man has ever kept the law. It's been fulfilled. It's been completed. You're not going, you can't. Paul is emphatic about you not being saved by the law. So we can't be saved. Here, not by the works of the law. Since by the works of the law, no flesh will be what? Justified or made right. So, in this moment, we recognize that, okay, the golden rule, treat others, I'm getting back to it, love others, care about others as I would want to be cared about, as I would want to be treated. It comes back to how we treat each other is a basis of our salvation. It's a part of the work of salvation in our life. I can't be saved and go to heaven if I hate my brother. I can't hear you. What'd you say? Amen, Pastor. You're right. God's word's right. I'm not right. That's the word of God speaking to us today. So what? So we know that it's not fulfilled by our works. We know that we cannot be saved. So when I love somebody, I'm not loving them. It's Christ in me. There are people that I don't like. Anybody else here that have people you don't like? Can you just raise your hand? Can you wave it up? Can anybody wave a hand at me today or thumbs up me? I have people in my life I don't like. We all have them. If you're a human, you've been breathing more than 30 seconds, you have people. I promise you that baby that got smacked on the butt does not like that nurse. Right? When it got born. It's, it's human works. It's the way we're wired. It's the way we are. So, we're not being required to like people. We're, we're being required to what? Love people. Which is a higher call than like. Like says, hey, you're a nice guy, have a good day. Right? Yeah, I'd love to sit and have a barbecue with you. Love says, I'm going to help that person because I know they're struggling. Not because I like them. I actually don't like them. Because I know that Jesus helped me when I was unlovable. So, I am now loving people through, not myself, not by works, but by faith. I am loving people by faith because Christ loved me. Does that make sense? Any questions there? All right, so let's keep moving. 
The Bible talks to us about this over and over. Now, the second thing is, it was fulfilled by Christ. Romans 10. Let's go quickly, because I don't want to spend... I, I'm already behind. A Romans 10. Brother, my heart's desire and my prayer to God is for them, is for their salvation. How many pray for somebody every day for their salvation? I hope that you will begin, if not those of you online, begin today praying specifically, Lord, save Billy, save Tim, save, save Mary, save... How? God, work in their hearts. Help them see their, their, their need to repent. Help them understand that you love them. All those things. So he says, my heart's desire and my prayer to God is for them to be saved. For I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. We're talking about knowledge, right? How many of you have ever met somebody that they have a zeal, they love God, but they're, it's like they're taught or, or, or the Lone Ranger and they're just out there by themselves and they're doing all this stuff and they don't understand why they're doing it, but they're doing it right? Uh, th- that is partially what we go through sometimes in our walk with Christ. You see people that really want God. They want to get closer to God, they, they, but they don't know how because they lack knowledge. That's where we come in. That's where we come in. So they lack knowledge, right? For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own. So they want to do something. How many know people that start like getting cleaned up their life? Like they, they go, you know, I got to change some things. This is not good. I, 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 you know, and they think, well, I, I haven't done this and I haven't done that. They have that. And they feel pretty good about themselves and they should, right? But without God, they're just really good. They need to be saved. Do you follow me? You should follow me. Um, and seeking to establish their own. They did not, again, this was not something they went out and, this is malicious. This is because they desire God. They didn't know how to find Him. They were ignorant. And so they developed their own. And too many times we're so quiet about the salvation God has given us that people develop their own beliefs, their own salvations, because we have not given them the knowledge of God's Word. Now you know why Jesus said, don't judge one another. Because in my experience is the people that really are seeking God, they will eventually find Him, but their paths are usually pretty bumpy. They get jerked around, get hurt, get, there's all kinds. Why don't we just open our mouths and tell people about Jesus? Tell them about the gospel. Tell them about this wonderful salvation that we have been given. We can save them from setting their own idols up and thinking because they're good, they're saved. We've all ran into those people and we say, man, they are so sweet. They're so wonderful. They're so good. They do so many wonderful things. I, 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 this is not me. This is God's word. They have to be saved by the blood in the name of Christ. If you believe the word of God says that, someone shout Amen. That was a quiet amen. amen. That's a, yeah. You got to encourage. Okay. You're doing good, Nate. Come on, keep going. Yeah. I'm going to do. I'm like David Bold, encouraging myself in the Lord. Um, so what does it say? For Christ is the end of the law. Uh, and I've, preached, I've talked this, but I'm just going to touch it again because it's something that always constantly pops up. Christ is the, everybody say the end. What part of end do we not understand here? Go study the word end here. Go Google it. Go look in the, in the Hebrew, in the Greek, or more in the Greek, not the Hebrew in this particular case. Why? It means end. It means completed. It means done. Right? 
And a lot of us have struggled with this. We want to live, right? In the Old Testament. Mm, I don't have time for this. We, we want to we live by works. Watch me. I'm going to be saved. We feel better. How many feel better when you're doing good stuff? Right? Of course you do. That's natural. But that good stuff doesn't save us. We should do it anyway because it's works of righteousness. But it's not what saves us. It was what Jesus Christ did on Calvary that saves us. Right? Our servanthood to a neighbor or a community, that's, that doesn't save us. It just helps us fulfill the command of God to go serve people. Right? If you love him, that's what you go do. So, our love for people is connected. Do you see it now? How God interwove this? Right? Jesus over and over again. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love, that word love. Right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Right? Two great commands. Love your, love your God, love your neighbor. Right? Constantly over and over and over again in the New Testament. I want you to think about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The beginning of Acts. This is the words of Jesus. Some of the book of Revelations. But this is the words of Jesus, right? They're not like, this is not like volumes of books. This is, these are just, these are little letters. What do you think about God in flesh and what he took time to talk about while he was here? I want you to just think about this for a second. I want you to put your, wrap your mind around. He was here for 33 and a half years. We really know mostly about the three and a half years that he spent with the disciples. We know other parts, but we know mostly about those three and a half years he spent. God in flesh, to save humanity, came to the planet, walked for 33 and a half years, 33 and a half of those years in ministry as performing miracles, signs, and wonders. What did he speak about? I want you to realize the things that are important to Jesus, who is God, is what he spoke about while he was here. Now, well, the whole Bible is God's. Yes, it is. Unequivocally. Un, uh, never going to have an argument for me. It's the absolute word of God. But the words of Jesus while he was here. You can't tell me that those don't hold great weight. They should. Because while he was here, he chose to speak about things that were important. I want you to go and kind of review. What? It was our light. It was absolutely our light. It was our way. It was showing us. And while he was here, I want you to go back and start looking at what he spoke about while he was here. And when I read that and study that, I began to feel and see and understand greater what is important to God. Amen. So, it's all important. I get it. He spent three and a half years in ministry here. God in flesh. I promise you, he talked about things that were about this human race. He spoke about things that were important. And then he used, of course, others to re-declare those things. You won't find anything in Paul's writings that Jesus didn't speak in concept or in precept. You won't find it. Jesus spoke about it all. You'll find it. Anyway, for not knowing about God's righteousness, seeking to establish them, they did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. There it is, subject. They did not submit themselves because they didn't know. Where do I submit? The Bible says they didn't know. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness for righteousness. Christ is the end of the law. Hear me today. Oh, Jesus, take the wheel. Um, you cannot have righteousness and the law. Read it again. For Christ is the end of the law. 
Christ came and said, the, the, the law is complete. It's no longer needed. It's no longer a school. The schoolmaster is complete. The lesson, we'll learn from it. We'll see it. We'll understand it. We will, right? But your promise, your covenant is now connected to something other than the law. The law of Christ is greater than the law of Moses, right? So when you, you see what, so Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. So the end had to come in order for righteousness to arise. For everyone who believes. So you can't keep the law. I'm very careful about this. I know a lot of people that, that you know, they love Jewish traditions. And I think that's great. And if they're a tradition, it's a tradition. Just call it that. Don't tell me it's a part of my salvation because this is very, very plain. If I want righteousness in my life, the righteousness that Jesus Christ purchased for me through grace and mercy and love, I cannot have the law and Christ at the same time. Can't do it. It's not available. I know a lot of people, unfortunately, they don't read the Word of God. They, they love the law. They love to be able to say, you know, this, that, and the other. About, you know, I did this, I did that. No. Now you're just talking greasy grace. Just but No, I'm not. I'm talking about biblical teaching. All right. Anybody want to say amen? Amen. Thank you for being very forceful and loud. I liked that very nicely. I'm, I'm just the Gonzalez family, I'm asking and requesting publicly that they are here every Wednesday night. Hugging and nuzzling each other back there like they haven't seen each other in a month. But yet they shout amen very loud. I'm happy about that. Amen. Um, I'm happily about the nuzzling too. It's good marriage. I'm glad. <laughs> Number three, we fulfill right this command. What loving each other, the golden rule through faith. Everybody say through faith. I already touched on this. You don't do this of your own accord. You do it through Christ. What does he say? For Christ is the end of the law for everyone who believes. You don't do this yourself. You do this because Christ came and you live in Christ and through that in Christ. You are now living according and in righteousness. So you don't do it because, well, I'm just going to love everybody. No, you do it because Christ puts it in you. And you do it through his love. Next question I have is this. Why, uh, why bother with the golden rule if I receive its benefits through faith? This is a classic, classic situation. Where people say, well, if I get it through faith, then why do I need to even do it? Because it's coming. This is the whole um, predestination idea of, of well, you know... Uh, God knows I, I'm going to have faith and eventually it's going to happen. So I can, just, I can do whatever I want and it's going to happen because I have faith in Christ. And that's such a fallacy. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What does he say? God forbid. I can go over and over and over scripture. You don't have time to listen to all the stuff I can quote to you about the fact that we cannot, we cannot act as if faith is a get out of jail free card. <laughs> we have to do the will of the Father. We have to obey His commands through faith. It's the faith that gives them the energy to work. It is the faith. But we still got to do... I can't rob my neighbor and kill them and think that through faith it's, everything's going to be fine. You know? No. That's not the way God's Word is connected and works. So, so the answer is this. Only the saved can truly obey the golden rule. I want you to think about that for a second. Only those who are in Christ. Because the golden rule requires something you're not capable of. And I'm not capable of. And that is true love. God is what? Love. Christ in us 
the love of God shone forth in us. Right? So to truly obey that command and truly live by the golden rule, I need to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. Or other, it's just good works. And good works cannot save me. It's faith that saves me. So, fulfill the law of the prophets and receive the benefits. So, you know, we fulfill the law, not by our own works. The law is not in our hands to say, well, I fulfill it. I fulfill. No man has completed the law, the Bible says. No man has fulfilled it. No man has finished it. So I can't do that on my own, right? And Jesus says, yeah, well, it's part of the law and the prophets, and it's part of Jew the Jewish people. Listen, this is what's going on. This is how important this is. So, why? Consider this. Why? I want you to consider. I've already said this, but I'll say it again. Consider the audience that Jesus was speaking to, number one. We already talked about this. This is the Jewish people he's talking to. He, they understand very immediately when he starts talking about law and prophets. Right? And, and what? The law is ended? What? They argue with him. You know, our, our father was Abraham. Our, we were... Before you were, you know, we were here. You know, we have this righteous indignation. And Jesus is like, you know, before you were, I am. You know, there was this this move uh, that Jesus tried to help them with. That listen, I'm come. I'm the Messiah. I'm come to give you life. You have to look prophetically. You have to stop thinking because they got to the point where they they thought they could just check the box. Do the law, yep, gave my sacrifice, yep, did that, yep, went to that festival, yep, obeyed that, yep, I don't do this, yep, I separate my, my vegetables, and my, I separate milk, I separate, I separate, no, don't mix wool and cotton, I, all this stuff, right, yep, yep, okay, this is what happened when Jesus spoke to the young man who was wealthy, the rich young ruler. I have obeyed the law since my very youth. And Jesus said, there's one law you have not obeyed. What did he say? Go and sell all that you have and give to the poor. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the Bible says he went away sad because he could not fulfill it. Why? Because the law could not save him. Only Jesus could. And he was unwilling to obey Jesus because the cost was too physically great. He did not understand the heavenly implications. So tonight I pray that you will open your eyes to see that loving people is not this optional thing that we do when we feel okay. Loving people of different kind, color, creed, etc., etc. There's no person that ever walked on this planet that God said, oh yeah, you don't need to love them. I'm sorry, it's, it's not there. It's not our command. Our job is to love. His job is to judge. How many are thankful there's only one righteous judge? <laughs> and his name is Jesus, right? Because if it was a bunch, but we'd be all in trouble. We'd all be like crispy toast. There's only one righteous judge. Our command is to love. Not agree. Someone say, I'm in. Not say, oh, good job. Get a participation trophy. No. Jesus said, what? Neither do I condemn thee. Go and what? Sin no more to the woman that was caught in adultery. He loved her, accepted her, but he did not agree with her. He loved her enough that she knew she felt safe, she felt loved, she understood he was serious. 
But she did not get a pass. She did not get a wink, wink. That's what Christ is calling us to. Love people where they are. You don't have to agree with someone to sit down with them and have a conversation about Jesus. I'm a, I don't want to be associated with them. I, I don't want to be around them because the people, if they saw me, they might think that I'm doing what they're doing. That's a risk you take, yeah. And the people that are judging you for you doing, you got to forget them. you got to say, I don't care what they think. I'm doing it for the kingdom. Right? So much shout, amen. 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 So, here we go. Right? So consider Jesus' audiences. Also, what? Jesus fulfilled the golden rule on behalf of his disciples. He became the golden rule for the disciples. He loved them when they were unlovable. Right? So, I'll keep going. Um, Galatians 3 and 26. For you all... For you are all sons of God through what? Faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were what? Baptized into Christ and have clothed yourself, what? With Christ. So, if you have faith, by the way, the same all of you that had faith, you all got baptized. People want to argue about, well, baptism is optional. Maybe it now, you know, you can do it if you feel like it. It's a public confession. I'm sorry, the Bible does not bear that out. The words of Jesus, the words of Paul, does not bear out that does, baptism is some optional something that you do if you feel like doing it. It's an issue of obedience. If you have faith, you will be baptized. This, well, that's pretty harsh. Up. Yeah, and the word of God is true. And if I don't tell you the truth, I'm going to give an account for what I've told you. Someone say Amen. So I'm, this is serious stuff. This is eternity. So disciples begin to practice. Why? They begin to practice the golden rule. Why? Because they saw Jesus. They saw Jesus as their example, right? Matthew 5.16. I'm almost done. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify. Oh, I thought you said you're not saved by works. You're not saved by these works. You're doing these works to show men. Jesus came and healed. I told Brandon this earlier. Jesus came and healed the sick, not because he was trying to show off and be cool. He was trying to convince them through his word and his deeds that he was who he said he was. He was God. So works are required when we are working with people that are carnal and have no understanding. Right? Glorify your Father who is in heaven. Look at 1 John 4. This is the love, is not that we love God, but He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sin. Beloved, and if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. Romans 8, 13. For if you are living according to the flesh... <laughs> You must die. That's just really, like, tell it to me straight. Okay, I just did. <laughs> if you're living according to the flesh, you must die. But if you, by the Spirit, are putting, what? To death the deeds of the body, you will live. So, it's not our love that is good as gold. It is our faith in God that allows us to love as good as gold. Did you hear what I just said? Someone say, amen. So what do we do? Treat others. Listen, in the society that we live in, you're going to run into others all the time, especially in our area, that you don't agree with. The way they dress, their religious beliefs, their uh, lifestyles, approaches. You're going to, and you can curl your nose. Yesterday, I, I, there's this new restaurant down in, in, in Depot Town called Thompson's. If you haven't eaten there, 
it's a, it's a really good place. They got great food, good southern food. It's 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 good. There was a, a waiter, a waiter, a waitress rather that was helping us, and it had been a while since I've seen a person with that many um, that many uh, uh, face uh, piercings. I mean, a lot. I mean, when I say a lot, I mean, I, I mean, you can pierce whatever you want. That's between you and Jesus. I can care less. It was, but what was interesting is that so. I decided in that moment, I'm, I'm, you know, you want, I mean, it was, I mean, I'm not lying, her, her whole front of her face was like all these pokey piercings, and she was the sweetest girl. I mean, we were, uh, Pastor's mother's with us, I mean, my mother-in-law was with us, and my, and, you know, 81, your filters leave, um, but she was like, she was like, she's so sweet, right? And I said, she is so sweet. And she was. She was so attentive and kind and wonderful. And she stood and talked. I made conversation. Man, how you been? How's life treating you? How's things going? You know, oh, that's a cool tattoo on your arm. Where'd you get that? What does that mean? I always ask people what their tattoos mean. And most of the people are like, I don't know. I went in there and pointed at a picture. And they said, okay, we're going to do it there. Um, but uh, I got to talking to her. And she'd come back. And we got to talking, right? And and um, and my mom said, mom said she was, you, you're... You, you're witness. You, you're really being a witness to her. I said, "Well, that's what we're supposed to do." Just because I, I'm a little freaked out by this, you know, I don't understand it all, right? I get, you know, you want to face that's between you and God. I'm going to love you no matter what, right? Just because I don't get one doesn't mean I think you're going to hell for that. But sometimes we get our own ideas to the point where we hurt people with our judgment. We push them away from Christ because we look at them funny. Not because they're sinning, but because we just think they're weird. <laughs> Am I right? So what do you got to do? You got to work to overcome that. You know what I, you know what I did? Tell me about it. You got a lot of piercings up here in your mouth. What's going on? You know? Oh, thanks for asking. Yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, it's a thing. I'll probably take them out in a few years. But, you know, that's all it was. I'm like, well, cool. I just wanted to know. It's kind of unique. She goes, yeah. She goes, thanks for asking. I move it on, right? Why? That's better than sitting there and every time she comes to the table, everybody gets quiet and looks at her funny and, uh, you know, uh, and she walks away there not feeling the love. <laughs> right? Love, treat others. Right? That's what will identify us. You won't be known by all the other stuff. Jesus said this, you'll be known by how you love other people. That's how you'll know that you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. So that's my goal in life, right? I don't care if I disagree. I don't care if it's whatever. You name it. I have one of the sweetest nurses you have ever met in my life take care of me while I had my eye surgery. She wore hijab. She was Muslim. We had a conversation about Abraham. <laughs> Why? Because that's commonness. I could speak to her about Abraham. She immediately knew. I'm a daughter of Abraham. I'm a son of Abraham. We're, we're kind of cousins. <laughs> she goes, I never thought about it like that. I said, yeah. And Isaac and, 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 and Ishmael were, were cousins. They, were, they had the same father. They were, they were related. We're related. I never thought about it like that. Yeah, it's kind of cool, isn't it? She said, wow, that really changed the way I thought about that. <laughs> Why? Why not? Why not? 
speak to them in a way that's honoring and loving, finding common ground. Does that mean I agree with her religion? Of course not. But I don't have to tell her that. I let God's Word do the work. I let God's Spirit do the work. I let the love of God do the work. Someone shout love. Okay, our faith is what fulfills both the law of the prophets and the golden rule. It's together. It's through faith. You can't fulfill one without the other. And the golden rule is the rule of the kingdom. Everybody shout kingdom. kingdom. Everybody shout thy kingdom come, Lord. Thy will be done. You're going to hear constant flow of kingdom speak in the next year. You're going to hear about it a lot because if I can get you to believe like we say we believe that we are heavenly citizens, that we are not our own, that we've been bought with a price, all the schisms and isms in the world will not separate those that love God. Mm -mm, no, neither height nor depth nor principality, notice principality, nor power, nor rulers of dark. No, no, no. Nothing shall separate us if I truly understand love. If I truly understand who I am and what I am in Christ. If I understand that kingdom is greater than my culture. Kingdom is greater than my country. Kingdom is greater than my situation. Kingdom is greater than my family rules, my family traditions. Kingdom is greater. It's greater. Not by my words. No, no. Ask Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is like unto. You're going to hear about how the kingdom must come. We pray it, we talk about it, we read that verse, but I want you to understand, until the kingdom comes, he will never fulfill his will in the world, in the planet. His kingdom must come. Must come. Unity in the body of Christ is not an option. It's your salvation. I want you to hear me. Unity in the body of Christ is your salvation. Without it, we cannot be saved. Because we cannot fulfill the great commandment or the great commission. We cannot fulfill the great golden rule that we've been talking about without what Jesus is talking about. You love your neighbor, love yourself. You love me, love your neighbor. Constant conversation about loving others. I'm gonna I'm gonna preach this until I die because it's the truth of God's word. Without unity. What did Jesus weep about? Unity. What did he pray about? Unity. What were we commanded? Unity. What did they have on the day of Pentecost? Unity. So we gotta put our stuff down and pick up the kingdom. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom. Thy kingdom. Thy kingdom. Someone say amen. amen. If you're joining us here online, I appreciate you watching. Share this with a friend. Share this with a neighbor. If you love them. And uh, let them know that we have church 1035 Sunday mornings. It's a great time. We have prayer on Tuesdays, on Mondays. We have prayer on Saturdays. We have, oh, check our website out. Check out um, the, the things here on Facebook as well as other services you might enjoy. Our Spotify account. 
Pineview Love. We have a podcast. You don't want to miss that. That's great. You'll hear people like Pastor Carl and uh, Brother Dan and Brother Stefan and different ones teaching, myself teaching on that podcast. It's a wonderful tool for you can sit at work or ride down the road and listen to the Word of God. So God bless you and keep you and cause His face to shine upon you and give you amazing and blessed peace. Amen. See you later.